Genentag Buongiorno Buona giornata Hey, Sawadi Diabom Buen dia everyone I'm your host Salome Jacobs and I'm delighted to introduce you to my Into the Garden podcast that ethereal presence to feel ignited, relaxed rejuvenated, moved and inspired. Tune in for a reflection on deep, insightful, delightful, inspired soul poetry. Connect with soul sisters popping in for soul poetry, couch talk, real life stories, testimonies, motivational inspirations, parables, interviews, up and coming events and much more. So pop on over for time out to relax unwind and connect send a voice message invite a friend or two share and like this podcast on facebook under shasti cecilia instagram into the garden that will inspire you to live your best life and become the best you super sassy vibrant you thank you for sharing tuning in and popping on over for a delightful soul poetry soiree top of the day to you yes it's friday i'm here again with another soul poetic inspirational lineup buenas tardes hello and welcome to into the garden with me salome jacobs so how are you today como esta and how was your day como estuvo tu dia gosh so nice of you to join me and i don't take that lightly you've got your ticket and I've already booked your seat, so what's stopping you of getting yourself that decadent, revitalizing cup of tea? So come on, kick off your shoes and join me for another fun-filled lineup with old-fashioned soul poetry to each and every hearer or listener out there. Feel free and thank you for bringing along a friend or two. The more the merrier. And as you and I step into this presence, the ethereal presence, that omniscient presence that invites you and me wholeheartedly, I'm so glad today, not only because it's Friday, but that you are joining me. So once again, a hearty welcome, feel free to pop in any time if need be, for this is the place for sassy souls to meet to make a difference just like you and me up next is a soul story when days are dark friends are few Oh, and how don't you and I know that too well, don't you? So let's examine your and my friends by the fruits of their roots. We all go through rough terrains, rugged dips here and there. So sister prayer warrior, but midst in your dark hour, in your darkest of days, close friends are rare. 
So here is that story of that tree analogy. Care to join me with a refreshing cup of tea? When days are dark and friends are few, what are you up to and where are you? We all go through that sometime or other. We have friends called leaves. A leaf friend is someone who falls along the wayside, you say, not forgetting their colour that changes when backed into a corner by greed and envy, oh so green. You can't really depend on them, for the more they speak, they become weak, and only to give you and me some shade, but nothing more than that, for they are not meant to be part of the journey from start to finish, you say. They here for but a season, and leave without any reason. They take what they can, then plan to leave when you take a stand. And if that's the case, then thank God for their journey has come to an end. But love them from a distance, for they're not really the ones on whom you and I can depend. Branch people, on the other hand, are stronger than leaves, a bit sturdier, but you have to be careful with them, if you please. They you and my ladder to lean on, but if you not aware, goes behind you and my back with a smile and a full pretense unaware. They will stick around through most seasons, but if you go through a storm or two in your life, it's possible that you could lose them due to notwithstanding their very dark storm behind that smile. Most times they break away when it's tough. Although they are stronger than leaves, you have to test them out before you can run out there and put all your weight on them, you see. In most cases, they can't handle too much weight. But again, you can't be mad with them. It's just who they are. They are your and my brush friends by far. Well, up to now, whether you or I have leaves or branches as friends, they there to teach you and me something valuable in the end. For a root friend is much like Jesus, you see. The root, they are hard to find because they are not trying to be seen or to please. Their only job is to hold you up and help you live a strong and healthy life, wouldn't you agree? If you thrive, they are happy, they stay low-key and don't let the world know that they are there to give you and me a push in times of trouble and in need. Likewise, you and I will notice our friends by their fruit on display, you see, the way they conduct their lives, orchestrate various situations, can be peaks or plateaus, wouldn't you agree? For your very own root friend observes your outward actions and can identify you and me by the condition of our hearts, if not sincere or contrite, but selfish, you see. Like Jesus, your root friend is compassionate, kind, slow to anger and without any prejudice, help and hold you up through an awful storm. For roots are not only friends, so sister prayer warrior, they are my parents, grandparents, you say, speaking positivity, 
into the very lives of your and my children and not giving up on them but praying over them come what may to nourish you fade you water you wash you soak and drench you in the word of jesus the ultimate root if only you can thank them for doing that and not neglect them you see for there is one friend who stands closer to you than a brother it's jesus your and my saving grace that can withstand against all odds the indifferences of mankind and any other so in pursuit of happiness abundance prosperity contentment and clarity what would jesus do I'd like to think he'd talk to his friend, his heavenly father, to speak a word of encouragement when he's low and downtrodden by the injustice bestowed upon him by you and me so daily. So amidst confusion, terror, tyranny, strife, when the going gets tough, the tough get going upward, onward and inward. In a torrid, worrisome and decapitated world filled with hostility, vengeful thoughts bring about change. Change in man, change in situation, change in world economics, change in world councils and world churches, world leaders so prevalent today and say, change irrelevant to relevant, invaluable to valuable, remove hostility, envy, wickedness, jealousy and debris from lips and bring forth sweet aromatic favourable words of life, to not tarnish man but accomplish them wholeheartedly when you return back to the great I am. And so it is, so shall it be. And this, mind you, was written by Under the Moonlight Shasti, December the 16th, 2018. When friends are few, where are you? Worship on you. Worship.
next is Hayley Van Royen sharing something so beautiful with you and me. So may you be touched with what little Miss Haley has to say. So go on, make yourself at home in the company of Enter the Garden. Simply make yourself a revitalizing cup of tea. As Haley shares something short and sweet and to the tea with you and me. Audrey Fulton with a beautiful devotion walking in the fog so stay tuned and stay connected and thank you for sharing thank you for sharing the podcast and I'd also like to just say wherever you are near or far the best way to start your day is with a daily dose of soul poetry, soul stories. Because this platform, if you need, is encouraging, fulfilling and seeking God in the heart of his garden together with me. To each and every one of them, near or far, you are all precious to God and into the garden by far. To the many frontline workers on duty, we value you. To those in hospitals, into the garden welcomes you and your loved ones too. To those in prisons, thank you for joining me when all you can do is listen to your heart's content when there is nobody around you. Thank you for sharing this podcast so dearly. Hi, I'm Audrey Folsom. I pray that every listener is inspired and touched by the Lord's Holy Spirit as you experience His presence into the garden today. Today I will share with you a life of favor, divine favor, eternal favor, and maintaining favor. Are you walking in the fog? You're probably wondering, what fog? In this instance, F-O-G is an acronym for Favor of God. A life of favor. I ask the Lord for his favor every day, according to James 4 and 2. You have not because you ask not. There cannot be a price put on God's favor. It is invaluable. Favor can purchase what money can't buy. I've heard many exclaim, favor ain't fair, you know. 
Of course, this statement is meant to be in a positive light. My confession, on the other hand, is favor is fair because God is just. Favor can be described as the kindness of God in your life. When I look back over my life since receiving God the Father's gift of salvation, there has been an abundance of favor experienced. I have come to expect favor with God and man, but I don't leave it to chance. I ask for God's favor daily, even in the small things. For example, I have a habit of asking for God's favor when it comes to an open parking space closer to the building I will be entering. Favor is also requested with the person or persons that I have to communicate with concerning both personal and business matters. According to your faith, be it unto you. Divine favor. Often used interchangeably, I was taught as a babe in Christ that grace was unmerited favor. It's a gift from God. The scripture tells us that by grace, we are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. When it comes to marriage, the word of God says, a man obtains favor from the Lord when he finds a wife. Proverbs 18:22. God's favor or grace has been defined as God giving us the ability to do something which is humanly impossible for us to do. It's been said, and I quote, grace is when we receive what we didn't deserve, while mercy is when we don't receive what we really did deserve. I'll repeat that. Grace is when we receive what we didn't deserve, while mercy is when we don't receive what we really did deserve. I thank God for his grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. After graduating college in the city of our state's capital, I lived in several cities where I had no blood relatives within hundreds of miles. The Lord provided me extended family that loved me as their own. According to Psalm 68, 6a, God sets the solitary in families. This was the favor of God in my life. Friends that stick closer than a brother or blood relatives. Eternal favor. God the Father's favor was demonstrated through his plan of salvation by sending his only begotten son, Jesus, one man's sacrifice by death, burial, and resurrection. No more animal sacrifices needed. Thank you, Jesus. God is love. Love is favor. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 7 through 8. The grace and mercy of God. Favor can be won. Expect to win favor, as with Esther. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. And he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched 
the tip of the scepter, Esther 5 and 2. May you be as Jesus and increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Luke 2:52. Favor can actually open and close doors. How can this be? How is it favor when a door is closed, one might ask? According to Romans 8:28, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Consider this. Perhaps the door was closed because the best or most favorable door for you may have been a few days away. Think of that. Maintaining favor. My Lord has granted me favor through long-lasting friendships over the years. However, I'm mindful and careful to properly maintain my favor obtained from the Lord. Do you know that favor can be lost? One can lose favor through mishandling and misuse. I've learned that most often it's not wise to share the source of my favor with others. Many years ago, I heard this example used by a minister during his sermon. Imagine a scoop of your favorite ice cream in the palm of your hands. As the ice cream begins to melt due to a temperature change, it begins to escape or drip through your fingers. Ah, a messy situation. Food for thought. Favor gained can be lost if not properly maintained. I'll repeat that. Favor gained can be lost if not properly maintained. Giving thanks and acknowledgement to God is always in order when favor is manifested in your life. I want to encourage you to pray. Psalm 90:17. Let the kindness of the Lord our God be with us. Make us successful in everything we do. Yes, make us successful in everything we do. Genesis 6 and 8 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Let's repeat this, replacing Noah's name with your own. But Audrey found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Great. May you start to or enhance your life of walking in the fog from this moment forward. Remember, favor is fair because God is just. My final thought, justice rendered is always a favorable outcome for the victims and their families. Stay tuned. I look forward to sharing more, much more with you when you pop on over into the garden. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Shalom.
Do you believe that tonight? Every day with you, Lord. Oh, yes. James 2.23 says, Abraham believed. How many believers here tonight? And it says it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. I thank God that he calls us his friends. In spite of all that we have done, if we'll only believe, say only believe, only believe, only believe. Who am I that you are mindful of me?
I'm once again on Sassy Soul, Friend of God. I have Judith Hallam. For some reason or other, I, I was touched by her story. And as on Sassy Soul, Friend of God, we are looking into pioneers. And I do believe that for some reason or other, she is making a difference. Her story today is God at my crossroads. She's a unique woman with a story. Finding hope was her first. And I'm so touched because there's so many out there that have stories and she is making a difference creating a benchmark for you and me so stay tuned and stay connected for up next is Judith Halim God at my crossroads sharing and sharpening you and me together with the light of God the beauty of God the serenity of God and what God has done for her and still doing through her and if God could do it for her what about you and me sassy soul friend of God part two everyone good afternoon and uh, hello also those of you who are watching online uh, thank you so much for having me here thank you so much uh, pastor Ellen uh, for the opportunity to once again uh, glorify God okay uh, I came from Medan North Sumatra uh, you know where Lake Toba is any one of you been to um, Medan North Sumatra Lake Toba Okay, there are few, there are few of you. Okay, so I was born in a very poor family. My father was a gambler, womanizer, and always uh, beaten up my mother. So at the age of uh, 18 months, my father disappeared, left the house, and he left us with a lot of debts. Uh, I often hear a lot of debt collector came uh, to bang the door and pour, uh, you know, uh, urine and uh, shit on at, at our at our door. And I grew up uh, very fearful. There's no father at home. There's no one there to defend us. I have two elder sister. One is five years older than me. Another one is six years older than me. So the four of us women, we are always, you know, very fearful, hiding at home. We buy a lot of uh, packet of uh, instant noodle rice and uh, yeah, canned food. Uh, we dare not to even walk on the street. That's how I grew up. Full of fear, lack of love, lack of everything. And at the age of uh, 20, I met a Singaporean man doing business in Indonesia but not this one yeah 
this one is the good version. Okay, this is a good one. Okay, yeah. So uh, he went to Indonesia, and when he see me, the first thing is he said that I fall in love with you, and I want to marry you. I will bring you to Singapore. You don't have to worry about your future anymore. You don't have to worry about your life anymore. You don't have to worry about political instability. Your future, your life will be guaranteed in Singapore. I was like 20, 21 years old, you know, a village girl. Uh, don't have much education. Never been on an aeroplane. Okay, never go overseas before. Okay, yeah. So uh, I was promised a lot of thing. Okay, what do you say? Come on, yes or no? You also say yes, ah? You also very fast say yes, right? Yeah, same. Okay, I say yes. So uh, very quickly, um, I got married, and six months later, I got pregnant. We were still in Indonesia, and he said that uh, go to Singapore and give birth in Singapore so that our baby can become Singaporean. Eight months pregnancy, I came to Singapore. Little did I know, that was my one-way ticket. You know, those of you are my generation. You know the song, one-way ticket to the moon. Uh, those of you who laugh, that means it's my age. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you go and you don't get to come back. So I came to Singapore uh, with, I mean, on my eight months pregnancy, and then uh, come the day that uh, you know the, the 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 pregnancy is due for delivery, I check myself into the hospital, and uh, I have high hopes, I have high dreams, because uh, you know I'm going to build a family, and I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to uh, you know I'm I'm so excited. I, I was so excited. And uh, the second day is when my baby was delivered, doctors say that your baby has got a few complications and they need to bring in a few more specialists. And after that, on the fifth day, they give me a conclusion. The doctors say that your baby has got three complications. The first complication was she had three holes in her heart. The second complication was because the right ventricle is very thick, preventing the blood and the energy circulation to go to the upper part of the body, she has brain damage. The third thing is there's the complete deletion of chromosome 7 in her body. That's why she is Down syndrome. They classified her as a Williams syndrome, but it's quite similar to Down syndrome. And also she is also a hemophilia carrier because the father is a hemophilia. I was like 21 years old, and uh, I could not take it. And I said this: If there is God, I want to know why life is so unfair for me. At a young age, I do not have a father that everyone has. At a young age, growing up, I do not have a good family that, to me, everyone has. And now, as a mother, what I wanted is just. A healthy child, and yet I was deprived of it. And I say, if there is God, tell me, why is life so unfair for me? I did not hear anything, but bad thing does not stop there. The doctor said that I cannot go. I cannot be discharged. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Joel cannot be discharged. So I cannot go back to Indonesia 
I have to continue to stay in, a, in Singapore to care for her. And the doctor said, anytime she will die. How she will die? She will turn blue and she will die. Uh, she will not live past three months. That was uh, the doctor's verdict uh, uh, on her. So I continued to stay in Singapore. And uh, when we were celebrating one month old, baby shower, her father came back to Singapore and looked at us in the hospital. And when he looked at the both of us, this is what he said to me. He said, I think we are not meant for each other. I said, what do you mean by we are not meant for each other? We got married and now we have a child and now the child is sick. The doctor said that she may not even live past three months. What do you mean that we are not meant for each other? Is there anything that I can do, anything that I can change to make this work? He did not say a thing, but the next day he left us. He left me and my baby in the hospital in a foreign land that I know not of the language. I know not of the people. I do not have friends. I do not have family. I do not have money. Unable to contact him, I took the courage to leave my daughter in the hospital. And I went back quietly to Jakarta, where our house is at that point of time. Quietly, I booked my ticket. Quietly, I stepped into the house. Quietly, I opened the door of my house and stepped into the bedroom. And I saw there's another woman that is sleeping on my bed that is using my helper, using my driver, as if at such a period of three months, my place has been taken and this heart breaks. Immediately, I make a turn. I stop a taxi because my baby is still in the hospital in Singapore. I catch a cab and I went back to uh, Sukarno Hatta Airport and rebooked my etiquette. In that airport, while I was waiting for my next flight, I sat down on the bench and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I said this, if there is God, I want you to come down and meet me halfway because even breathing is painful. Right here. The pain of betrayal. The pain of being dumped over and over again. First is your father dumped you. And now your husband dumped you. And I have to face the fact that this time round, when I come back to Singapore, I have to face with a totally lost hope, dream, crash and future that is uncertain. I didn't hear anything. But as I was sitting on that bench and I was crying, I saw a woman walking past me by. She was wearing a cross like what I'm wearing today. My eyes catch that cross. And I remember when I was little, my Sunday school, not my Sunday school, my kindergarten teacher, my kindergarten teacher ever said this to me. He said, 
if you call upon the name of Jesus, surely He will come and save you. I do not know who is Jesus. In my life, I pray to all other gods except Jesus. So I said, Jesus, if you are true living God, come and help me. Come and save me. Come and redeem me out of my situation. I did not hear anything. I came back to Singapore. All hope is lost. I checked my daughter out from the hospital. There's no more money. There's no friends. Back then, 26 years ago, I couldn't even speak English. I don't speak Mandarin. All that I spoke is Bahasa Indonesia and uh, Medan. Living in a culture that I know not of the language and the people. Totally loss of hope. There's only one way out. I wanted to jump down from 14th floor. I wanted to carry my daughter and I wanted to just jump down. I was too ashamed to even call my mother up who is still in Medan to tell her all the bad things that happened to me because I saw she, I saw how she suffered raising all of us up. That was my plan. 14th floor, carrying my baby and jump down. 14th floor, jump down, die or not? Die, right? But God's way are higher than my ways and His plan are higher than my plan. To cut the story short, I wrote a letter to my mother. I said that I'm sorry that I have to end my life. I cannot send money anymore. There's no hope. And that's it. I planned that I wanted to um, go out. That was about 12 o'clock in the, in the afternoon that I wrote a letter to my mother. I planned that evening I wanted to go out for the last time. And then uh, I wanted to, uh, uh, the next day, I planned to kill Myself, that was my plan. Around four o'clock, there is uh, uh, sorry, around two o'clock, the phone ring, and then uh, uh, the person that called me is an insurance agent. Any insurance agent here? Is there any insurance agent? I thank God for insurance agent. Okay, he called me. He said that I heard from so and so. He was speaking to me in Hokkien that uh, you know you just have a baby, and then if you buy insurance policy for me right now, it's a very good deal. Okay, so endowment plan this and that, and I don't know. I, I don't understand. But I say that no, I'm not going to buy a, a insurance a policy. I do not have money. I wanted to put down the phone, but from the other side, he said, hold it. He said that. Mm, Tonight, my church got special speaker. Can I invite you to come to my church? Okay. I was thinking this must be a madman. Want to sell me insurance? I say no. Want to invite me to the church? Okay. So, uh, but I remember I wanted to go out. I wanted to go to Orchard Road. Do you know the first time when I came from Medan to Singapore, when I walked Orchard Road from the beginning till the end, to me, that is freedom. Freedom that we, Indonesian Chinese, do not have. So, Singaporean, you are so blessed living in this place that you can walk freely. Yeah. So, I planned that I wanted to go, go out. I wanted to go to Orchard Road. I wanted to walk one more, 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 more time. So, um, I uh, told the uh, but it is very difficult to bring baby, you know, to carry pampers and all that to go out. Yeah, so I tell uh, this insurance agent, if you can bring me to Orchard Road, either before or after your church, 
I will follow you to your church. He must be thinking that this is a mad woman that I'm talking about. To, yeah. So, uh, but that was what happened. Guess what he said? He said that my church is just off Orchard Road. So after the church service, you can freely walk in the Orchard Road because it's just slightly out, you know. So I said, okay, he and the wife came and picked me at around uh, 6 o'clock and uh, he put me in the Wesley Methodist Church, okay. Yeah, uh, it's quite a, 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 a big church. There are a few thousand congregations. It was a special meeting, okay. And you know what? It's English service. I don't understand English, right? That was the first time in my entire life that I ever stepped into a place that is called church. Church was totally foreign to me. So uh, there's so many people. So then he, this couple put me right behind uh, the third row from behind. Okay, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they do. Maybe they are very busy. They just said, okay, you sit here. Okay, when uh, the service ends, we will come and pick you. They just put me there and then they just disappear. Okay. And, uh, you know, they were doing like what we did just now, uh, you know, uh, a singing song, uh, praising God, but I didn't understand a thing. And after that, the special speaker came forward and speak. And uh, the speaker is uh, from Armenian, you know, Singaporean speaking English already, I don't understand. It's one Armenian speaking English. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't even understand a thing. Right here, it was so painful that I keep saying, when is this going to end? It is so painful. I want to go home. I just want to, you know, go out, walk, and tomorrow, that's it. I want to end my life. There's no more hope. At the end of the service, the pastor asked, if anyone want to come forward to get prayer, I don't even know what they are doing. So, uh, but from the stage, he pointed at me. He said, that woman, that woman with a baby, I want you to come forward. I don't even know that he's calling me, you know. You know, ushers is very hardworking. Ushers come from the left, from the right. Go, 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 go. Go out, go out. He's calling you. Um, so I came forward and he said, come up on the stage. I came up on the stage and he began to ask me this. He said, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? It was translated to me in Hokkien. I asked him back, Who is this Jesus? I don't know. Who is this Jesus? And if he can even get me out of my situation and my predicament. Suddenly, I saw the whole auditorium was red in color. Radar red. And suddenly, I sense a peace right here in my heart. A peace that transcends beyond understanding. A peace that 21 years living, eating, walking, breathing on earth, I never knew this peace exists. So I asked him back, who is Jesus? Is this Jesus that you're talking about is the peace that I'm experiencing right now. If this Jesus is the peace, then I must have it. I cannot live without it. 
because I need to breathe. And then there, I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And he prayed for me. And this is what he said to me. You will get out of your situation. Not just to become a better person. But you will become the servant of the Most High God. I still don't understand what he's talking about. I only know that I cry and I cry and I cry and I cry. I cried until it's so bad that I've forgotten I need to go to Orchard Road. And suddenly the insurance agent appeared. I said, come, 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 bring me home. I'm very tired. He brought me home and for the very first time, I can sleep. I had major depression. I can don't sleep for five days. I can don't eat for five days. And I'm just like a walking zombie. That was me. So, uh, but that night, I sleep so soundly. And the next day, nine o'clock, I wake up. I was searching and I was searching. Where is that pain? Where is that pain that is so excruciating that caused me to cannot even breathe? It is gone. Just like that. And I begin to search the letter that I wrote to my mother to say that I wanted to commit suicide. I want to die. I'm sorry. I begin to look at that letter and I tell myself, I am not going to die. I am going to live. I'm going to live for my daughter. And most important of all, I'm going to live for this Jesus that I just got to know a night ago. He can mend my broken heart. I took a courage. I called up my mother to tell her all the problem. I invited her to come to Singapore, take care of the, my daughter so that I can start life all over again. I can start looking for a job and all that. My mother came and then uh, uh, I went to look for a job. But uh, for a foreigner like me that, know, that do not know English, do not know Mandarin and have very little education at that point of time, it is almost impossible to look for a job in Singapore. To cut the story short, I went to many places and I was rejected. I go to McDonald's, I go to Kentucky, I was rejected. And I put my resume into a, a recruitment agency. They look and what are you good at? Education don't have. English don't know how to speak. So how? Okay. Then he look and look and look. He said that, oh, I know there's one thing that you are very good. Bahasa Indonesia. I have an assignment. Security guard in F&N Coca-Cola. Do you want to take the job? Friends, 26 years ago, my first job in Singapore, I was a security guard in F&N Coca-Cola. Do I look like security guard not? Maybe back then really looked like one, you know. Yeah. You see, God gave me a promise in Joel 2, 25, 26. Joel 2, 25, 26. Bible say, say that I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. The swarming locusts, the crawling locusts. You will eat in plenty and praise the name of the Lord your God who has done wondrous things in you. And this is what he said, for my people will never be put to shame. Romans 10, 11. The Bible say, those who believe Belief means adheres to, relies on, and trust in. 
will never be disappointed and will never be put to shame. I hold on to the word of God because I know people will disappoint you. Your situation will disappoint you. But one thing and one thing alone, the word of God will never disappoint because what he has said in his word will come to pass as sure as what? As sure as the sun that is going to rise tomorrow. That is the surety that the word of God will never return empty. Amen. So, working as a security guard, very soon my supervisor come to me, what are you looking, what are you doing there? You are still so young, don't understand English, very poor thing. Can I send you for English course? I send you for English course. After that, when you come back, you can become receptionist. You want? One or not? One, yes, right? Yeah, so I went for English course. Then I came back, I became receptionist. Okay. And my supervisor, very nice. Can I send you for some courses or not? Then you come back, you can become administrator. You want? Yes, I went for a further course. I came back, I became administrator. Okay, my company is very nice. Send you for further course, one or not? Management courses, one or not? Then when you come back, you can be promoted, one or not? One, right? I came back, I became assistant manager. Send me for further course again. I came back, I became manager. Send me for further course again. I came back, I became senior manager. Then the company asked, send you to take your uh, diploma, you want or not? You want or not? One. Send me to, for, for my diploma. I came back, I became general manager. The company say, send you for further course, you want or not? Then you come back, you can be promoted again. You want or not? Want or not? Some people say, don't want, why? Uh? <laughs> I came back, I went for a further course. I came back, I became managing director. Come on, give God all the glory. And this time round, God say, I send you for further courses, the course of life. One or not? No one. <laughs> so fast, yeah. I said, okay, Lord. And I came back after that course, I became a businesswoman, entrepreneur, okay? But I'm not a normal businesswoman. I'm a businesswoman that are passionate about God and passionate about the things of God. So a portion of my profit, I use it to, for the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the widow in the third world country. So uh, I became... Uh, um, a businesswoman, okay, at that point of time. Of course, now I'm serving God, yeah. So, uh, what about my daughter? Doctor say that three months surely died, never died. Doctor say six months surely died, never died. Doctor said one year surely died, never died. Doctor say two second years, you need to prepare 100,000 sing dollar, okay. And then he need, she need to go for surgery. At that point of time, I do not have 100,000 sing dollar. But I have a big God. And one of His name is Jehovah Rapha, the God that can heal. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I stopped seeing doctor. I never say that if you're sick, you don't go and see doctor. Yeah, Never say that, yeah, okay. But given my situation, because at that point of time, I do not have money to see doctor. God can heal through doctors. Okay. Okay. So, um... I see that uh, she get better and better and better. At the age of six, 
God said, why not you bring her back to see the same cardiologist? I brought her back to see the same cardiologist and they do the ECG and they ask me, what happened? What did you do to this child? Why so long you never come? You know, Singapore doctor very fierce will scold people on. Why you never come? Where have you been? You know, yeah. So I said, I never do anything. Yeah. He said that you look at the old report. The old report, you see, this is three holes in the heart. But you look at the new report. This is totally a perfect heart. The doctor keeps saying, it is impossible. This is impossible. This is something that is impossible because from withhold to without hole, they are able to trace the recovery process. That means the hole will get smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually the hole will close up. The doctor said, in your daughter's case, when they put the two reports side by side, it does not make sense because these two hearts are not connected to each other. They cannot trace the past holes as if there is a hand that removes the one that is bad and put in the new heart. Who can perform such a miracle if not the Lord our God, whose name is Jehovah Rapha? Amen. Today, my daughter is uh, 26 years old. And uh, when she was uh, 7 years old, I got uh, remarried in the church to my uh, handsome husband. She's ma he's, he's masked up. That's why you cannot see how cool he looks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got married in the church. And uh, life was good. Okay. When everything was good, what do we say? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes or no? Right? You know, became a businesswoman from uh, security guard. What do you say? Praise the Lord. Your sick child, three holes in the heart. The doctor says, sure, die. But then got miracle and the heart is healed totally. What do you say? Praise the Lord. And then after that, the Lord restored me according to uh, Joel 2, 25, 26, gave me a godly husband, a good husband that accept me and my daughter as who we are in my life, restored according to the promise of God. And what do we say? Praise the Lord. You see, friends, it is so easy to say praise the Lord, hallelujah, when everything is good. When everything happened just according to what we want. But what if you do not have your breakthrough? What if situations are not getting better? What if the loved one sick or even pass away? What if you are faced with bankruptcy? Can you still say, praise the Lord? Hallelujah. That was what happened to me. Two years after I got married, my husband always giddy, always vomiting. We went to see a doctor. The doctor said, your husband has got a brain cancer. I said, what? I just struggled for 10 years and finally I came out from that struggle. 
having a victorious life and now you say that my husband got a brain cancer the doctor said yes and this cancer is very rare he is the only one in the whole of Singapore who get this cancer it's called endolymphatic sac tumor okay this this tumor is very rare in the whole world not more than 200 people get this type of cancer Okay, and in the whole of US, not more than 50 cases founded. This tumor is so rare, there is no medication, there is no drugs, there is no therapy, there is no chemotherapy. Two professors from Singapore, one from ENT, one from NNI, came together to study the case and they do not know what to do. They have to invite two more professors from John Hopkins to come to Singapore. Four professors study this case in Singapore. And this case was publicized on a medical journal in Singapore. Case number one, founded in Singapore. Endolymphatic sac tumor. My husband became famous because of that. So, um, we ask God. God, we are already serving Him. Why is this thing happening to us? You want to know what God gave me? He gave me Romans 8.28. He said, All things will work together for good. For those who love God and for those who have been called according to His purpose. Went for surgery. The first surgery took 20 hours. If you touch at the back of your ear, can you touch at the back of your ear? It's hard, right? It's bone, right? Before the, the, the surgeon can perform the surgery, they have to saw away the bone here. Saw away the bone and then went in. Seven o'clock in the morning, he was wheeled in. 3 a.m. at night, he was wheeled out. And when he was wheeled out, it was bad. The doctor said, I'm sorry. We are too late. Why? Because the tumor is so aggressive. It has destroyed the balance nerve. It has destroyed the hearing drum. It has destroyed uh, the hearing nerve. So everything here, they have to duck out. And I'm sorry, we are too late because the tumor is so aggressive. It is now spread and stuck onto the main artery. So at the at the at at the you know at what they have calculated, they say that at how it spread, and this cancer will continue to bite the main artery, and then the main artery will burst, and your husband will die. And how he will die? Suddenly, when the main artery bursts the eyes, the ears, the mouth and the uh, nose will come out blood and he will just drop dead. This is our reality. And the doctor say, give you six months. Go and settle your affair. Anything that you need to do, you do. When they do the calculation, they say that at the most he has, he has six months. This is what is going to happen. What would you do if you are in my shoe? When he was conscious, I asked him, Husband, husband, doctors say you only have uh, six months to live. How? You want to know what is his answer? You want to know or not? 
This is what he said. I don't care what the doctor say. As long as I live, as long as I able to breathe, I will make every day count for Jesus. If I ever get out from this hospital, still able to function, come with me to the mission field. Come to me to save the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the widows. I don't have any more time. I want to be even more aggressive to serve God and to be used by Him. I said, okay, let's do it. Can I have a picture of uh, the mission uh, picture? Yeah, just just let it run. Yeah. So true enough. Yeah, just let just let it run. True enough. He can come out from the hospital. Okay. Um, few weeks later, he can function. So we went. We went all over the place. We went to. Yeah, can just let it run. Yeah. We went to Pakistan. We went to Myanmar. We went to Cambodia. We went to China. We went to Malaysia. Yeah. Indonesia. Yeah. Philippines, uh, we went to so many different places. We started with uh, 30 children. From 30 children, it grew to 300 children. Friends, we show you this not to raise funds. 17 years in the mission field, we never raise funds. What do we do? We work very hard in the company and then we take a portion of our profit. We do this work, okay? So uh, from 300 children to 600 children, six months later, he did not die. But the tumor also grew. From a size of, uh, you know, like a 20%, it grew to a size of a golf ball. Never died. He said, come, I don't have enough time anymore. Let us go even more aggressive. So we continue from 600 children it grew to 1,000 children. From 1,000 children, it grew to 1,500 children. Where do we go? We go to a slum area. We go to uh, places that, uh, you know, uh, maybe you can show the picture of the slum. Yeah. We go to the uh, a slum area. I think some, some, some of you uh, know where is it. It's in the uh, Philippines. Yeah. So, uh, again, never die. But the cancer grew. As our ministry grow, the cancer also grew. Grow to from a size of golf ball, golf ball to a size of an egg. Okay, yeah. So can you imagine carrying a, a tumor a size of an egg? Yeah, in the head, go to places like this. Okay, in these places, there's no good doctors, and it's unhealthy for a cancer patient to go. Friends. You know where is this? Philippines, Smoky Mountains, yeah. Do you know what they eat? They eat pak pak. You want to know what is pak pak? Some of you know your fried chicken, right? You eat, you throw it, and then what they do? They collect and they bring it to these places. And the children, when they see those are black trash. They were like, wow, my fried chicken. And what happened? Everybody was, you know, taking and then they re-wash and then cook it again and they eat. Friends, while we are complaining here, there are people even until now is still eating pak pak, eating trash. You know what is the greatest problem in the, Christ, the, the greatest 
problem in Christian in this century is ungrateful. Complain all the time. Murmuring all the time. Where there are people out there are dying, are still eating trash. This is the reality. So, um, what do we do? We continue and continue. Maybe we can just uh, continue. No. You know, cancer is real. The pain is real. What do we do when we are in those places and when the pain comes? And how long we have to endure this? One year never die, two year never die, three year never die, four year never die, ten years. This ten years is like walking in the dark black pitch tunnel whereby there's no even a light at the end. What do we do when he's in pain in places like this? In the pocket, there's always painkiller. Start with Panadol, extra strong. When Panadol doesn't work anymore, change to Ponstan. When Ponstan does not help anymore, change to Acoxia. When Acoxia does not help anymore, what do we do? This is what I see him doing. He will find a corner, he will kneel down, one hand he will raise to Jesus and the other hand he will put it right here where the pain place that is very painful. And this is what he said. Yet, I choose to praise you. Yet, in all things, at all time, I will choose to give thanks unto you. And for some reason, the pain will just go away. We don't know why. It's not a method. But the pain just go away. Sometimes the pain doesn't go away. I see him kneeling there, left with two words that he can utter. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, with a trembling voice. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And he will fall asleep on that spot. And the next day, the pain will be gone. Friends, this is what we go through. Ten years. And the cancer continues to grow to a size of two eggs in the brain. 2013. He cannot function anymore. That is after 10 years fighting. 2013. In February, he can only wake up two hours a day. He cannot function. He cannot go to mission trip. He cannot do business. He cannot do anything. Yeah. Never one time blaming God. He never one time said that, God, you must heal me. If you don't heal me, I'm not going to become Christian. I'm not going to serve you anymore. Never. But he always prepared me. He always said that, don't blame God. If I die, don't blame God. Don't get angry with God. But continue this ministry. Continue to work out the salvation with fear and tremble so that one day I will see you in heaven. 2013, he went for another surgery. At that point of time, the tumor has grown to a size of two eggs. One inside the brain, one outside the brain. Friday, he was pushed in. Around seven hours later, he was pushed out. And when he was pushed out, his situation 
was pretty bad. He cannot see anymore. He cannot breathe. And it is very painful. And he keeps saying, it is very painful. It is very painful. Can I have to show a picture of uh, the hospital picture, please? So, um, that was him. He was in 2013. That was Friday. And then, he said it was very painful. It was very painful. I cannot see anymore. I don't think I can make it. He said to me, "Can you release me? Can we say goodbye? Can you stop praying for me? I want to go home. I'm tired." I said, "Okay. I release you because I see that he's, you know, in pain and so much suffering, and he cannot see. And I also don't want to let him live in this situation." I took out my handphone. And I said to him, "Can you record up? Can you record in this message? Just say that you love me. Just say that you miss me. So that I hope when I hear your voice after you go, this will keep me going." He did that. So, friends, husband and wife. I just want to share with you. Stop fighting. You know, there's not even enough time to love. Can we stop fighting? Can we learn to treasure one another? Because when we are up there, we are no longer husband and wife. The only time that we can still be a husband and wife. It's right here when we are still on earth. So we say goodbye. We hug. We call all the family, call all the relative. We prepare the funeral. We prepare the picture. Everything has been prepared. That was Saturday afternoon. And Saturday night, I was continuing to uh, wait upon him. You see the picture. You see the picture. I was at the corner sleeping. Twelve o'clock in the middle of the night. His eyes open, and he started crying. He never cry, you know, macho man. And when we minister in Indonesia, they call him Yakuza, but holy version of Yakuza, so holy Yakuza. Later you will see when he's unmasked. Okay, yeah. So um, he started to cry. Twenty hours to the going to the surgery, never cry. Ten years fighting cancer, never cry. Yeah, but at that point in time, he was crying, and then he was shaking. The whole body was shaking, and then the bed was shaking, and he was ah, the eyes began to roll out out from the eyes, uh, and then ah, the, he said, "Jesus is here. Jesus is here." I wake up and I look at him. I know that something must have happened. So I try to get up. I try to reach him from the bed, but before I could even uh, reach the bed, before I could even touch him, I fell down under the glory of God. I fell down in the presence of God. His presence was so holy. His presence was so awesome. And you know, friends, in that presence, 
as much as I wanted my husband to heal, all that I can say is this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who I am. Who are we all? That He, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the Creator of heaven and earth and everything that is in need, willing to come to this world and die for us. So that as long as we believe, believe means adhere to, relies on and trust in. As long as we believe, we will be with Him in paradise one day. Who am I? Who are we all? What kind of love is this? Unheard of. Beyond description. I said, thank you. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I saw him taking a deep breath. And then he fell asleep. It was Saturday night. Friday was surgery. Sunday, 8 o'clock in the morning, the nurse came and wake me up. Hello, hello, hello. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Okay. I, was, I, I, I wake up. The nurse asked me, where is your husband? Your husband is gone. He's not on this bed. I was like, huh? You know, I feel bad. No, I take care of a patient until the patient gone. I can don't know, you know. I was, I opened my, where is he? He's not on the bed. Where can be he go to? Is he raptured, you know? Please wait for me. So the nurse uh, uh, was panicked. Press emergency button, ring, patient missing, patient missing. I was like, where is he? Okay, then he opened the toilet door. He was, yeah. are you looking for me? I'm not missing, I'm here. Okay, yeah. Then he came out, then the both of us was like, you, what are you doing in the toilet? Are you not supposed to go into the toilet unassisted? Do you know you just had brain surgery? Yeah. Do you know people who got brain surgery, they don't get down from the bed for two weeks because the equilibrium is not stable, it will fall? Okay. This is the third day, you know. Then he come out. Okay. And we were like, <laughs> he came out and he said, you know, relax, relax. I'm okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Then I said, no, you're not okay. Just yesterday you were screaming for morphine. You were in pain. You cannot see. Are you okay? What is your name? You know, where are you? Okay. Yeah. So the, he said that I'm okay. I'm okay. He said, last night Jesus came and he touched me right here and he breathed a new breath of God into my nostril and I fell asleep. This morning, I wake up, I can see. You see, yesterday I cannot see. And the pain is gone. Just like that. And because the pain is gone, I want to see if I can walk. I get up. I get down the bed. Eh, I can stand up. No giddy. I try to take a few steps. Eh, I can walk. I'm healed. So I remove all my string and needle lah. You know, holy Yakuza can remove himself one, you know. So I remove it. Man, it's very hot ah. It's very hot. So I go shower lo. We were like, the nurse is like, Jesus came. You naughty patient. Go back to your bed right now. I'm going to call your doctor. The doctor came. 
and check on him. The doctor is also a Christian professor, number two in Singapore, but very humble. Before before pushing him into the surgery, into the operating theater, he said that hey. You're a pastor, right? This is very stressful for me. You know, I have I don't have record killing pastor yet, so I'm very stressed. Can you ask all your friends, pastor, to pray? Okay, that you know that he must come out alive. Okay, yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, um, the doctor came. Uh, the professor came. Check, check. Really okay. Check, check. You really okay? Shake, 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 shake. Okay, knock here, knock there. You really okay? He said, Yeah, I'm okay. And then he, this is what he said. You know, one year, I do brain surgery, 50 over cases. I have never seen a recovery like this. Surely, this come from our God up there. Monday, before 12 o'clock, the three of us walk out from the hospital without wheelchair. Okay, we walk out from the hospital, and today you can see. He look healthy, right? He doesn't look like sick person, right? But this part is already death, death, this side. Okay, yeah. So, uh, friends, it is all possible because the God that we serve is alive. The God that we serve is still doing a miracle. Is still healing. Is still restoring life, even up to today. This is my story. What about your story? What about your breakthrough that you are waiting for? What about your struggle? They are all real. Friends, can I have the song, please? Uh, everything, yeah. Friends, I am not here to sell you Jesus. He's too glorious. He's too awesome. He's too magnificent. For us to even, you know, sell, for us to even, you know, encourage you to receive Him. No, I'm not here to sell you Jesus, but I'm here to share with you this. Without this Jesus, I won't be here. My daughter won't be here. My husband won't be here. I'm here to share with you. If this Jesus can be so real in this tree life, the same Jesus can be real true in your life. What you need to do is to just take a first step to accept Him and to believe in Him, because the Bible says, "If you believe, believe means adheres to." Relies on and trust Him. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Amen. I want to speak to two category of people. 
two categories of people. The first category is you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Just like me 26 years ago. You have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But today, because you hear this message, you say that, God, I want to know you. I want to give my life to you. This is the first category. The second category is perhaps once upon a time in your life that you have already received Him, but you have strayed and you know it. You have gone too far. And the message today is come back. Come back. Come back to your Creator. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega, He's the beginning and He's the end. It doesn't matter what is our past. It doesn't matter what we are going through right now. He holds our hand on the palm of His hand. The invitation is, come back. In a while, in a moment time, I'm going to give you an opportunity for response. I'm going to pray for you. At the count of three, perhaps later, if this is you that I'm talking about, just where you are, just simply lift up your hand. Okay? Yeah, just where you are. At the count of three, later, just lift up your hand. As a sign to say that, God, come into my heart. I want you in my life. I want to know you. And I believe the same God that is so real in Jesus, in, in Judith's life, in Jason's life, in Joel's life, will be the same God that will be so real in my life. Okay? Yeah? Can I invite you to close your eyes and bow your head? I'm speaking to these two categories of people. If today you hear this message, you hear this testimony, and if your heart feels like God is knocking, if your heart feels that Jesus is knocking, will you open it? Will you allow Jesus to come into your heart to be your Redeemer? To be your savior, to be the God that can save you. One, two, three. Just raise your hand where you are. Just raise it a little bit higher. Just raise it a little bit higher. Just continue to raise it. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, we can identify. Just continue to raise. If you have received Him at a point, perhaps last time, but you have gone so far and you wanted to come back and you say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Can I also invite you now 
that you raise your hand right now right now right now thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord The opportunity is still open. The call is still open. For those of you who just now raise your hand or even if you didn't raise your hand but you feel there's a call the next step can I ask that you just rise where you are just stand up where you are just stand up where you are those who raise up your hand just stand up where you are so that we can identify you yeah can I invite you to stand and can I invite Pastor Alan There's one more person at the, at the end just now, uh, at the back, is it? Okay, yeah. Okay. You know, we're going to say this simple prayer. You know, it's such a great joy. And everyone stay together. Even those of us who are sitting on the fence. And if you, at the moment of prayer, you change your mind, you can say that prayer together. Shall we? Can I, Lord, let us all arise. It's as simple as ABC. Admit, believe, and commit. Come with us. Say the prayer. Let's say the prayer with three of our friends here. Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner, that I'm far removed from you. There's nothing good I did is right in your sight. But I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior today. He is my Lord. I surrender all control to Him today. He is my Savior. I will live the new life He gave to me today. I will commit myself today to walk closely with Him, to walk in love with Him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. Ready? You know, when the Bible says, when one soul is saved, heaven rejoice. Yeah? Amen. You know, when... When I met Judith this, this afternoon when she came, I felt there's a word that came to me, it's called restoration. So I'm going to do something today. You know, God loves us all the same. Whether, you know, whether you say you believe Him or you don't believe Him, really, in the eyes of God, it doesn't really matter. But God wants to bring restoration. 
He wants to bring and cause His goodness to come upon you today. So there's two things I'm going to lead you in prayer. First is the heart. You know, if you sense, heart is a seat of emotion. Yeah? And, then, and his heart is where really closest to us. And in a relational manner. And I felt the Lord is going to say to, to us this afternoon is that He was going to bring a restoration of relationship. And if that resonates with your heart today, can I invite you to just place your heart, your hand on your heart as a sign and say, God, I want a restoration. Perhaps that maybe in the time of the COVID that you went through a really tough time. Relationship with parents or relationship with spouse or relationship with whatever dimension. And you felt that that is a huge strange or even a parent-child relationship. You know it. You feel it. It shouts at you all the time, right? If that resonates with you, I felt today the Lord's going to say, my son and my daughter are going to bring a huge restoration in that dimension. All you need to do is just place that as a sign and say, God, speak into that. Can we do that? Come. As you place your hand in your hearts, upon your hearts, I want you to picture and, and, and look, you know, picture the person. Whatever that the relationship is strained, it could be your father, it could be your mother, it could be your son, it could be your daughter, it could be anyone else, your sisters or whatever. And I want you to then in your heart and say, Dear Jesus, say after me, Dear Jesus, bring healing, bring restoration in my heart and in my relationship today. Say, Lord, I need you because I can't. Because I can't. I say, Dear Lord, bring that restoration. Fast and quick. I trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Trust and believe. Even if your faith is as small as the master state, you can shift mountain. And that faith is upon the God who can shift mountain, not us, right? You know, God can shift mountain no matter how insurmountable, how huge, you know, God can do that. Alright? Second thing I'm gonna pray, okay? Because the, rest, the word restoration came to me and even as, as, as you know, Pastor Judith was sharing and I felt hey, we need to do that. Okay, the second thing is going to pray for healing. Restoration of the body. If you have any form of a condition in your body, right? Whether it's here, whether it's any ache or pain or whatever condition. The next thing is I want you to place your hand on that portion right now. Okay? It's not me. It's all God, okay? You can hear the testimony today upon testimony today. It is in the hand of God. Alright? Jehovah Raphael. Right? He will bring healing. Right? He will bring complete restoration. No matter what, how trivial. Oh, my back ache. Uh, you know, I carry a bit more things. Uh, or whatever it is. Or it could be very, very serious. Can you put that hand onto that portion of your body? And let the Lord experience it and, and, and let you encounter Him today. Can we do that? Yeah? So let the Lord show you and just place your hand there. No matter how trivial and how serious it may be, just place your hand there. Can you do that? Okay, come. Let's join faith together today, right here and right now. Right? Dear Lord, I know that you are God the healer. Today, I declare in Jesus' name. I am healed. Restore in me 
a complete alignment body soul and spirit in Jesus name Amen Amen give the Lord a clap offering <laughs> only believe and God will work wonders you know I, I just want to honor the 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 the, the uh, guest speaker today can we invite the whole family out yeah come on come on come on come on I want to see the Yakuza, you know, I have seen him now. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, as a church house, we also want to bless them, really. It's such a wonderful testimony. My heart, you know, has always been blessed. You know, it's just a short time with you, right? You know, can, can we, can we want to reach our hands, uh, 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 no, let's honour them. And then we reach our hand towards them. We want to pray for this family. You know, this COVID, has locked them down in Singapore. If not, they will be out in, out in the field. And because they are locked them down in Singapore, they are doing a lot of things. They are being be very, very busy doing a lot of talks. But I just want to pray the Lord's anointings and the favour to be upon them. Can we do that? Let's join hands and, and lift our hands towards them. Father God, we just want to thank you for this lovely family. Lord, they walk the walk of faith and they walk the walk of miracles. Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to honour a lot, Father. Uh, Pastor Jason, Pastor Judith, even Joel. Lord, their life is a story of your miracles and of your wonder. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, your goodness will come upon them. Your favour will come upon them. Your anointing and the power will come upon them. So whatever they put their hands to do, Lord Father, multiply it and bring it to completion in Jesus' name. Lord, I just want to ask that God, you are the God of seasons and you are the God of destiny. And Lord, I just want to ask, use them. Use them mightily as, as your servant for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Allow me to just close today's service. Almighty God, we just want to come before you. Lord, we want to thank you that you can do uh, beyond what we can possibly imagine. Because God, you are the supernatural God. You're the God of love and compassion. And so, Lord Father, whatever that is seated in our hearts today, and the prayer that we pray in our hearts today, and Lord, we just want to pray, in the name of Jesus, bring all that to pass, so that we can come back to the house of, of the Lord again with praise and with thanksgiving, because the Lord is good. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap for Well done. So, you know, really, it's good for us to be in the house of the Lord and it's really it's the time really to, good to see each other. So, uh, service is over. And may the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Amen. You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. For more information and resources, visit us at petra.sg. As I have come to the end. Thank you once again for joining me, for choosing and tuning into Into the Garden. Thank you for listening to my very first edition and second episode of Sassy Soul, Friend of God. Where I welcome you and where you and I sharpen each other with the pioneers of old. And if you're celebrating a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Should you be celebrating your anniversary, happy anniversary to you too. And may God continue to knit you together as only he can do. 
perhaps you got a promotion congratulations to you too so until next time until we meet again remember every friday is our sassy soul you are a friend of god time right here on into the garden enjoy your weekend now and thank you for sharing the podcast with family friends neighbors and your various social networks and platforms and making into the garden your friend until next time take care
Say 